text me to play by play. Wait, what? I don't watch the games. Your goal shouldn't be to buy players, your goal should be to buy wins. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Analyze Data podcast. Um, we're very glad to be back. Cedric, hi. Hi, Paul. Welcome back, everyone. So uh, we know we are already almost 10 games into the season and this is just the first episode, but uh, we've had some major work going on on the website this summer and we know some of the pages are still not updated for this season. We kind of apologize about that. But um, soon it's going to be resolved and we are very excited to share with you new data that we have been tracking on since the start of the season and I'm pretty sure you're going to be very excited with how much deeper we can go into the data and analyze what's going on around the league. So that also means we will have more time for recording more podcasts, um, maybe not once a week, but close to that, that's actually what we are hoping for. And um, these podcasts are not going to be as long as last season. Um, maybe try something around 30 minutes. And we're not going to cover like all the league at once, which obviously leads you to having very long podcasts. Um, but more going on, talking about what's happening in the league at that moment. And the latest news in the league, Cedric, was that uh, HC Legano fired Chris Mark Sully. Yeah, exactly. So... I don't know if you guys remember what we did at the beginning of the seasons where we placed Lugano at the second place of our pre-season preview. So we were quite big on Lugano because they hired so many good players uh, during the off-season, especially in terms of import players. Uh, so on our side, the expectations were pretty high. And yeah, we must admit that the fact that Max Turley was coaching this team was one of the maybe downside that we saw in Lugano and uh, indeed after a few games we saw that Lugano was still playing the same kind of way it did in the past year and uh, we saw this as a weakness and as a result because Lugano did not have good results at the beginning of the season uh, Dominicali made the decision to let him go so in terms of playing style, we could see uh, over the last season and in the first few games of the season that Lugano was, uh, as we said before, still playing the, the same style. Uh, we always talk about uh, Max Holler playing style, the fact that it's new or or n no, not the fact that it's, it is new, but the fact that it doesn't adapt very well to the new uh, way of playing hockey and with still think that it's a bit true. Uh, Lugano was still trying to, to work in front of the opposite net, but, you know, trying to create rebounds, uh, crash the net, throw. It's still a playing style that we could see uh, more like in the past 15 or 10 years, but that is not appropriate maybe for the hockey that is played today. And especially when you have uh, qualitative uh, lineup as uh, Lugano at this season. Yes, I, I guess that's the main criticism that um, we can make uh, about Chris Maxoli's uh, management of the Lugano's roster since last season is that on paper, um, Lugano is a very good team, even better this season. As you mentioned, on paper, our projections gave, uh, gave them the second place in the standings. But you take those highly skilled players like Arcobello and Luca Fazzini and, and, and Granlund this season and you make them play 
it's, it's not purely dump and chase, that's a bit reductive, but still going hard into the offensive zone and, and crashing the net low to high, you know, from behind the net. And if you don't succeed, you pass the puck to the point and you get a point shots and you hope for rebounds or, or tips or, or whatever. Um, and we remember those long passes from Roman Loffel last season trying to get breakaways and most of them were ending up with an icing or, or on, on the opposite goalie. Um, it's just kind of a waste of a roster. He felt that way and we can understand that some of the players may not have been happy with that and I mean just saying from watching their first game um, against Davos with a new lineup like Arcobello and Fazzini back together with I don't remember the third guy but um, true top line top six line and they, they were you know they felt kind of themselves again like the players we saw three years ago or, or, or before. And I guess that's the thing that was missing with Lugano is the full use of a very good roster, especially with, you know, the deeper defense they have and deeper offense they have this season. And hopefully they got Koskinen, which might be the best goalie in the league at some point. And it feels that maybe it's happening too late already for Lugano it kind of wasted a year last season that sounds a bit harsh but the way they were playing last season they still made the playoff but maybe because they had those talented players that could score goals out of nowhere um, if a more average team had been playing that style of hockey they probably not have been in the playoff yeah absolutely and I don't know if you remember but last season they had one of the lowest shooting percentage in the league and this is certainly due to their playing system because the way they create offense, like creating rebounds, crashing the net, etc., certainly leads to shot, but not in a consistent manner that really um, maximizes the chances that you have. Yeah, I mean, last season they had the highest share of dumpings for zone entries in the league. Um, and they were not like recovering more dumps than the other teams. So even if that was made on purpose, they were not particularly successful at it. Or they were not particularly creating more expected goals and shots than the other teams. So they were kind of wasting more pucks by giving it back to the defense and have to fight for it. And if you recover the puck after a battle along the boards, you're now facing a defense that is set up that is boxing you out of the home plate and you only have a point shot as the only opportunity for creating offense because as you mentioned they were not particularly using high danger passes to get inside the home plate to get high danger chances so it was point shots rebounds crush the net from behind um, and it was not working and uh, you could tell that some of the players were successful with that playing style like Calvin Turkov and but Arcobello or Fazzini, even more this season, I think, um, especially given you know the more ice time given to Granlund and, and, and even Bennett, they were kind of lost in the system. And when you have a system in place that is not maximizing your best players, I guess you have a problem. So yes, if we take a look at their defense, so they have 
So uh, they had some injuries at the beginning of the season, like with uh, Kaski or like Anderson were absent for a few games. And uh, since his return, we can see that uh, Kaski is not fully uh, either LC or not, was not fully uh, in his game. It was quite disappointing in the games we tracked. So I don't know if you, Thibault, saw the same. Yeah, yeah, he's, um, he had some sequences where he just seems lost on the ice and you kind of feel worried for him um this, is he like 100 percent in his head ready to be back or something but yeah certainly disappointing yeah he had some really strange uh, sequences on the ice and we hope that for him and lugano that he will be able to, to play at his full potential uh, soon as uh, he was certainly one of the best uh, signature for lugano it will be key going on uh, that uh, is fully healthy to play and uh, also that they get uh, Anderson uh, back soon because they lost Löffel uh, in the season who went to burn and uh, yeah they're kind of missing that offensive demand at the moment yeah look at uh, Alataro is doing look at, Alataro is doing a lot yeah sure um, on the ice is uh he was paired with Riva under Max Soli and he was playing with uh, Mueller um, under the new coach, which, which was in, which, which was very interesting, I think. Um, the one interesting thing regarding the defense is that clearly they seem to have a tactics for the season to let the other team enter their defensive zone unchallenged. Yes. Because when you when you look at the numbers that we have from the games we track from Lugano, they allowed sixty two percent of the zone entries from the other teams to be in control, meaning the forwards crossed the blue line with the puck unchallenged and kept the puck inside the offensive zone. And 62% is a lot. It's like bottom of the league numbers. Um, Geneva is at 45, 45 versus 62. Um, if you look at Davos or Zug or <clears throat> any other good teams, they're around 50%. Yeah, and this is already something we said last year. Uh, the best team generally generally defends their line pretty well, and Lugano was not doing it at the beginning of the season. And you talked about bottom of, bottom of the league numbers, and yeah, these are like uh, the same numbers that Ajwa had last year. So with that roster, uh, I think it's not acceptable that they have such low numbers. So it was we think uh, the uh, coaching decision here and uh, yeah again we talk about not uh, fully optimizing your roster and this is one way that you you do it yeah and uh, i mean if, if that's the tactic that sometimes something you see that the, the defense is backing up letting the blue line not being challenged but you try to box out the offense outside of your home plate so you pushing the puck away from your net but if you look at the heat map and the number of high danger chances that Lugano allowed this season they're huge so they were not even protecting their net very well and luckily for them Koskinen will we'll come back on him later in the show but he has been incredible for them so far and things actually could have been worse without Koskinen in the net yeah absolutely so I guess that's something we'll be watching and it's going to be pretty interesting, I think, with the new coach and I guess they're going to hire a couple of assistants um, and see what he's going to do with such a talented roster. Uh, roster. I think 
one very interesting thing he said in 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 the media was that they wanted to restore Lugano's identity and I think those were very strong words you know you you go and get Chris Marksoli you sign him for three years and you say that's going to be your big push big push to get a title and it doesn't work and the next guy coming from your U20 team I just says that you need to restore the club's identity like Maxoli changed that or you know in a bad way that was that was kind of strong your goal shouldn't be to buy players your goal should be to buy wins all right moving on we're going to introduce a new um section we're going to have pretty much at each episode because we find it pretty funny because we try to not go against like what the medias or the fans might think but sometimes use our visions and the stats to go against expectations or explain the situations that may sound alarming or maybe it's not that much alarming and so basically we call it should we worry for and this week is going to be should we worry for Fribourg Cedric well I think that we should not worry for them because their start of the season has not been good in terms of Points, but if you take a look at their uh, expected goal numbers, both in the offense and defensive zone, they're good. So they're one of the best team uh, in terms of expected goals for. And if you take a look at their hit map, it's blue on the left. So blue on defense means that you do not allow many chances, and red in the offensive zone means that you create a lot of chances. And they do near the opposite tree, so you know they're generating offense in the good region of the ice. Uh, but five on five, I would say that their play has been mainly uh, good. But their goalies have maybe been underperforming a little bit, and their shooting percentage has not been um, at the same level as it was last year. Uh, so that maybe an issue because Sorensen is at the current moment hurt and they'll lost mm -hmm. uh, Di Domenico during the offseason. Yeah, and uh, I guess that might be one main trend with Fribourg is that it's a very, very good defensive team. And it was last season already. And in addition to that, last season, they had the best shooting percentage in the league. They had that explosive player in Chris Di Domenico that could resolve situation and that was, you know, complementing other players and pushing them up, you know, to get like crazy amount of goals like Marchand and, and, and other guys like him. And this season, they're still very, very good defensively. They defend their blue line with a lot of skills like they have very good zone denials numbers we talked about Lugano's as one of the, their issues earlier um, they recontrol their blue line they control the puck inside their zone they get clear of any danger quickly but the goalie did not make the job so far like if we look at the difference between expecting goals against and goals allowed, uh, which we call goals saved by a goalie, like saved versus expectations. Um, Retobera so far over six games, he almost allowed three goals 
above expectation. So three goals more than he should have allowed. Um, there is a certain rule in hockey that about three goals differential means one win um, overall. So it might be one win, one additional win, three more points that Fribourg let go of since the beginning of the season because it's just very stronger, but because of Reobera's performance. And now he's hurt, and maybe he was hurt playing hurt before. Um, so we cannot blame him for that. Um, the one thing for sure is that Retobera is one or one of the best Swiss goalies in the league and he has not been playing as the level we know he can play at so far this season. So last season, one of the main Fribourg strengths was their power play. Um, they mainly eliminated Lausanne in the playoff thanks to their power play and their really strong first unit uh, with uh, Gunderson, Domenico, Mate, Dan Ensprunger. Uh, this season, their power play hasn't been bad, but it's not at the same level it was last year. Uh, last year, Dubé and Rosa were really using that first unit as a as a leverage uh, because they were using them like seventy uh, percent of time. Uh, and this season, more like the first unit has been used like at fifty five percent. So it's not you can see that the the coaching staff maybe do not have the same kind of confidence in that first unit. Sorensen has been missing, so he's maybe one of the future uh, main player on that first unit. Yeah, and um, once they have that back and the shooting percentage stabilizes, I, I guess they will be okay. Um, the, the one question we might have down the road for Fribo is the player they signed this summer. Well, this summer, last winter. And that might be the, not problem, but weird thing for them is that they probably thought they were doing the smart thing of signing players before everybody. And because at that time, when they signed, you know, De La Rose and, and Vino, everybody was thinking that the league moving to six import players meant that you were be able to go get go get that defensive defenseman that was really good and that third line center that was really good and that's what Fribourg did um, and if they had waited a couple of months later once you know Russia invaded Ukraine and the, the KHL collapsed and all the foreign players wanted to leave they probably would have not signed those players um, they're very good players they're support players um, De La Rose is not score the goals Di Domenico was scoring last season. Actually, that's probably Sorensen's role. Um, Veino is not an offensive defenseman behind Diaz and Gunderson. So I guess those players actually strengthen the system, the defensive aspect of the system. But in terms of finishing plays and scoring goals, which is going to be needed at some point, especially if they face one of the very good goalies in the league come the playoffs that might be an issue for Fribo, but it's going to be very hard to eliminate them. So if we also take a look at how they create offense at 5-on-5, five five, they don't create much of the rush, in fact. Um, most of their plays come directly from the offensive zone. A bit like Lugano, but maybe they 
they don't get to the crucial zone in the same manner, but they work in the same region as Lugano. Uh, so they mainly create from the offensive zone and from play in the offensive zone. So that means they try to enter the zone, not necessarily in control, but they know how to walk back. And they start creating from uh, the offensive zone. So they have one of the lowest uh, percentage of offense created after rush. Uh, I would say that they are at the bottom of the, of the league right now. But they are among the best creating directly from uh, four check plays or uh, in the offensive zone. And they have players that really um, are good at it, like Diarne. Uh, sure, the last G uh, Domenico was one of the main uh, players uh, of the rush, but he also knew how to create from the offensive zone. But this season, maybe there's kind of a surprising factor that Domenico brought that is not uh, really here so far. And uh, we can come back to what Tipo said before. They're may maybe lacking that um, offensive talent on on their roster to 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 do such uh, plays. Yeah, so I guess we'll really see when Sorensen is back to get a yes. better idea of the true potential of that team. But uh, I guess we do not have to worry about Fribourg? No. No, okay. Your goal shouldn't be to buy players. Your goal should be to buy wins. And the last subject we wanted to cover uh, today was one of the new attraction in the National League this season is that teams with the right to have six imports on the ice go and got import goalies. Um, it was a bit of a controversy to get a foreign goalie with only four import players allowed on the ice. Like, should you waste an import license on a goalie? But we saw last season that, you know, Embry getting into the pre-playoff thanks to Yuvonen and uh, and the great play of Kova for Zurich um, kind of actually reinforced the idea that with six players foreign players you could get a goalie and so teams did that and one of the questions we heard over the summer um, also when talking to coaches and, and managers around the league is that do you think we're going to see more goals than last season or less goals than last season because on one hand you have you know the uh, Linus Omark and Artikainen getting into the league and, and you know Grand Lune and other guys that can shoot the puck and like Stixi when you're going to be back but on the other hand you have those fantastic fantastic goalies um, that were in the KHL before that are just better than your average goalies that you might have seen in the league before so are you going to get more goals and at the same times are you do your like bottom six swiss players are going to be able to beat those khl or even nhl for Kuskinen level goalies you know straight with a straight shot without going through a screen or tips or whatever and when we look at the numbers we kind of already have some kind of a response like so yeah, if we have a look at the numbers, we clearly see that the import goalies are among the best uh, this season. So we take a look at one metric that is goal saved above average. And for the moment, uh, so per 60 minutes, Rubec is first, uh, followed by Koskinen, 
Kunenov's uh, is uh, third, but uh, in the fourth place you have Yuvonan and uh, Seteri is uh, seventh uh, on the list. So you clearly see that most of the import goalies uh, are among the best this season. The only one that is below the expectation is Johan uh, Metola, but Kloten uh, had some uh, defensive issues at the beginning of the season, so his numbers may not fully reflect uh, his playing level yet. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, right at, right out of the gates, those goalies are, have been have been really really good. Like. Another matrix is um, to look at the number of quality starts that the goalie is giving his team, meaning that if during a game the goalie is allowing less goals than expected, that's a quality start because he saved something, you know. And over six starts, Rubex has had four quality starts. Over seven starts, Koskinen has had five quality starts. So that's way above the like. 50% usual um, numbers that you get, you know, over the long term. So maybe they will they will slow down, but when you see those guys play, it's just really really hard to beat them. Um, I mean, we talked about Lugano earlier, and and we watched quite a few games of, of Lugano this season. And to beat Koskinen, I mean, you really have to get kind of an open net because it's a rebound on the other side or a perfect like top corner shot on on through the right road with the passing plays it's really really hard to beat them um so that's that's very interesting um uh, we hope that does not mean the league is going to go to get the two to one or one zero games done in the playoff because it's going to be just so hard to score but it definitely gets something more to work on for the teams. So yeah, it will be interesting to see how teams adapt to uh, these new goalies and how they will maybe change their uh, system, especially in the offensive zone, to take that into account. Maybe we'll see less uh, point shots or less chances that have really low probabilities to go into the net and uh, maybe uh, will force teams to reinvent, uh, reinvent themselves uh, offensively. Your goal shouldn't be to buy players. Your goal should be to buy wins. So last sequence, we had some questions on Twitter. So we'll start with a question from Scott Econ. So Omar and Arkainen don't produce many points at the moment, uh, even though they've got six and five points respectively. Uh, do they create uh, chances? Or not, and what about their defensive play? Um, so let's get rid of the defensive question first. They clearly are not the best defenders on their team. If you look at the numbers that we have, um, that's for sure. The one thing is that if you take, as you should always do, you take the balance of the offense you create and the defense you allow, and as long as the balance is positive, then that's life. I mean, you have to be positive. So offensively, the other side of the scale, um, they're very good. They're just, they're just very, very good. The, the points are, have not been there yet. Um, but in terms of the, you know, the data that we have, we tracked six games of Geneva so far, and they have absolutely elite numbers in terms of creating plays, um, 
their share of expecting goals creation through you know transition plays and, and shot assist and uh, and high danger passes i mean the um so far omar yeah has been creating 15 percent of geneva's total five on five expecting goals so 15 percent of the whole expecting goals from geneva have come from omar meaning that he had been creating that zone exit that zone entries that high danger passes that shot assist or doing the shot himself that led to those expecting goals. 15% is absolutely elite numbers. Over the course of the season, the best player in the league is going to be around 13, 14. 15 is absolutely elite. And the second player on Geneva's is Timo Artikainen with 13%. So he's also very much elite. So I don't think you need to worry about them. Just let them have fun and the points are going to come. Okay, next question we had is about Embry Piotta, um, saying that after 10 games, Embry got 20 points. They only had 15 um, last season. Is this because of the new and more foreign players, or is the team just playing better? Well, uh, frankly, it's a tough question about Embry. Uh, I think that the jury is still out on that team because they have many points, but if you take a closer look at their underlying numbers, so that would be uh, their expected goals for percentage at five on five or their uh, the same uh, values at uh, on the power play or uh, short ended, they're not very good in fact, uh, and especially at five on five and on the PK. So we think that the team may be uh, Playing a bit over its head right now. Uh, if you take a look at their expected points, they're like at uh, 1.12, and they currently have two points per game. So that there's a huge discrepancy here. So maybe our model doesn't fully capture what Embry uh, does well on the ice. But uh, we also think that even if our model may not do it perfectly, uh, there's quite a gap here that may uh, be explained by uh, an overperformance. And that would be on the two sides of the ice. So Juvenen has been playing well, counts as well. And offensively, their shooting percentage is quite elevated. So I think they have the best so far this season and if we yeah. take a look at our history uh, for that number uh, it's the highest uh, we ever saw so they're like at uh, 105 so that's a huge oh, yeah. number uh, and uh, usually this number is more between uh, 98 and 102 so the the overperformance is here uh, how much overperform is well quite hard to tell, but um, we think that uh, Embry may not uh, sustain this uh, level. Oh, and uh, as we're talking about PDO, there was another question asking kind of why the PDOs are extreme this season or look e extremes. So, just to explain, PDO is an acronym that just means. You take the shooting percentage of the team at five on five and you take the save percentage of the goalies of that team at five on five and obviously if you take the whole league together 100 percent of the shots on goals are either a goals or a save 
So that 100 is like the average towards the whole league trending over the long term. And it's kind of the an unwritten rule in hockey that over the course of the season, if you take any league, the NHL, the National League, whatever the country, whatever the level, um, all the teams are going to trend towards that 100 bar. Unless you're just that much better than the average of your league or that much worse. But we know that's not the case anymore with any pro league. So Embry Piola being at 104.505, as you said, uh, right now they're very high and they're going to go down. They, they have to go down. That's just impossible. Their shooting percentage at 5 on 5 is at 11.7. And the best team in the league last year was at 8.9, I think. 8.9 is, is strong. So imagine that Embry is almost three points of percentage better than that right now. So what that means is that in the near future, the shooting percentage of Embry is going to go down. And for it to go down, that means it's going to score less goals. So do not be surprised if Embry in the near future runs out of goals and loses a few games because they didn't score. It's just going to be like a natural bounce back of the unwritten rule that rules hockey. And so that's the same for Zurich. That's the same for Rappersville that are about 104 PDO. Um, the other teams are already quite between the 98 to 102 range. Um, and we have very bad Lausanne at 96.6, very bad Langnau 97, although they're, you know, have not the same roster as everyone. And Clotten is just very, 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 very low, and he's going to score some goals in the near future. So you can bet on Clotten to win some games in the future. Um, but we're only not even at 10 games played. And usually, I mean, we've been studying this video thing um, in the NHL and when you get to 20 games it normalizes and once everybody is around 9900 101 then your level of play matters most than your puck luck so that's where it's going to be interesting we had another question about uh, rappersville and it if they add some uh, weaknesses, um, it's quite hard to tell um, now uh, soon into the season. But if we take a look at the uh, Raptors last season, uh, they did not have so many weaknesses. Yeah, they, um, they, they, they've not been as good as last year in terms of zone denials and play in the neutral zone. Um, they take a little more chances offensively this season, it seems, with, uh, you know, um, Jensen um, and Schroeder being in, on the team. But defensively, it's still very strong. They're boxing out um, the opposition, you know, to get them away from creating any high-danger chances um, and protecting Niffler doing his job. Um, they're allowing point shots, but it's not really dangerous for Niffler. So, so far, so good for them. Um, so in terms of weaknesses, there's nothing like that jumps out when you're watching Rapid. They're very tough um, defensively in their zones as well. Um, 
they have pretty good numbers in terms of battle wands and, and, and retrievals, which is something we track this season and we have some numbers out soon. Um, so I guess you can get around them um, the, against around the box because they're still pretty passive, I think, in the middle of the zone. So you cannot go at them like it's a wall. It's not going to work. But you can go you know, look at the cracks in the wall and get the puck behind behind the backs of the defender going to for the back door using a pass or something um so you have to move them you cannot go at them like it's all you have to move around and move through them so that's that's the one thing i would see and that's it for our first episode uh we hope you liked it and uh talk to you soon i hope maybe it did not answer all your your questions but we have some articles on those subjects coming soon that we hope are going to be interesting for you guys. Talk to you soon.